Hello, faithful listeners. I just want to jump right in here before this episode starts. I want to let you know that this episode and the following episode, the audio quality is not going to be as good because at the time of recording, which was recorded all at the same time and edited to two separate episodes, my voice was extremely sore. And so it was cracking, which caused the mic and recording to respond and do different things. And so although you can understand what I'm saying, there's an inconsistency of the tone of my voice because of the soreness of my voice. Thank you for understanding. Okay, let's go ahead and start this week's episode. your average podcast. It's not a political show. It's a podcast about church culture and the culture at large, viewed through the lens of scripture. It's the Richards Revelations podcast with Scott Richards. Here's your host, Scott Richards. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Scott Richards. Thank you for joining me on this journey as we try to live our lives just a little bit better, as we look at things through the lens of scripture and then apply it to our life. I want to encourage you to share these podcasts with others. And if you're liking these podcasts, go ahead and hit the like icon and subscribe. If you'd like to participate in the ongoing production of this podcast, there's information below on how you can donate if you're so inclined. Once again, I am truly thankful that you take the time to listen to these podcasts. Welcome to this week's podcast. Before we get into today's subject, I want to let you know that you can follow us on our Facebook page, Richard's Revelations Podcast, and most other social media platforms, including YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and so forth, under my name, Scott Richards. If you want to make it easier, try Scott Allen Richards. Allen spelt A-L-A-N. This week's episode is Change versus No Change. What's the right answer? So a couple weeks ago, I'm at the park enjoying a walk, and there's this lady going through the park with two dogs, two exactly the same kind of dogs, and they're off the leash, they're enjoying their time, and one of the dogs is just going all over the place, it is running back and forth and up and down and just all over the place, just enjoying the thing. The other dog, both the dogs were enjoying themselves, you can see it in their faces, they're smiling, their tongues hanging out and they're waggling their tails and running and just enjoying the time. Well, one is going all over the place. And one is from side to side a little bit, this and that. But when the owner snaps her fingers and gets her attention, calls their name, come here, come here, one of them immediately, boom, right in line, right behind her and follows her. The other one totally ignores her. It's still running all over the place. As she keeps moving down the park, It'll, if it's interested in something, it'll stay right where it's at. Check it out, whatever, didn't matter how far she got out into the park, that dog was doing its own thing. And I kind of chuckled and smiled, and it's interesting sometimes when you evaluate things and see things, that God kind of brings some insight and kind of reminds you of a few things. And while I'm sitting there looking at this, I'm going, gosh, you know, what reminds me of growing up? Me and one of my other brothers, my older brother, who's no longer with us. But I'm the kid, I'm that dog that towed the line. Whatever my mom said. Boom, I obeyed. I was obedient. I, I listened to the people in charge. I listened to her. But my brother, a little different. Even at the young age, barely out of, I think it was still, might even been elementary, definitely junior high. Mom would get calls 
He never showed up at, at school. Went off to some friend's house. He had a mind of his own. His entire life, he bucked the system. No matter what the rule was, he was going to do the opposite. He got involved in, in drugs and things like that as well, and in trouble with the law and so forth. And he, he lived like that. Now, fast forward, getting older, becoming an adult. I began to realize that not everything somebody tells you, regardless of who they are, not only is it not true, sometimes it's inappropriate, it's no way. I began to analyze things and begin to buck leadership, buck government, buck media, all these different entities that would tell us, oh, this is the way it is, or this is the way it's supposed to be, or whatever. I no longer was like, oh, okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, oh, whatever you say. So I began to change in some of those things because a lot of those things I started discovering were not true and certainly weren't in line with biblical truth. And since I desired to live my life according to God's word, when something would catch my attention that wasn't in line with that, regardless of who said it, I wasn't going to fall in line. So I began to change that part of me of where no matter what, authority, person in charge says something, but hey, I'm right there. I'm going to fall in line like that little dog was doing. I no longer did that. My brother, on the other hand, he never changed to the other side to where, okay, now he's older and he starts listening to the right way of doing things or whatever, the law, whatever. No, he didn't. To his dying day, he remained a rebellious guy. He lived his life opposite of that of which you're supposed to. Now, I will say this. I don't know if in his moments after he hit his head and before he went into a coma, if he called out to God because he was raised in the church, he knew the truth. Same thing, two guys, same thing, being brought up in the church, heard Sunday school messages, heard the preaching at church, knew the information. So whether or not he did that, I don't know, only God's the judge of that. But in all accounts of everything else a part of his life and up to that point, which I wasn't there for, nobody was, to know whether or not he called out, for the most part, he never changed. He stayed the same. As I said, I changed. I no longer just accepted what people said. Because oftentimes, the government will be telling you something or trying to convince us of something. And it's not true. No, I'm not doing that. Or you want to take away a certain rights. Well, no, I'm not okay with that. I'm not just going to uh, be quiet about that or just, oh, okay, whatever. You want to take away my freedom of speech or you want to take away the Second Amendment or all these different things. You want to start taking away the freedoms that are granted to us by God and our Constitution just because you want to? No, I'm not going to fall in line and just follow that's what you say. Or I'm not going to allow the media. I just started discovering as I got older that they have agendas. They're not always telling the truth. They're not telling the whole truth. They will word things in such a way that gives a perception and you come away with one thinking or idea, which is what they want, which actually isn't true. I also discovered I'm not falling in line with fake science. I'm cool with science. I'm cool with true science. But I'm not going to fall in line and accept whatever they want to tell you. Because I discovered early on, oh, there's so many areas where the science doesn't back up the, the garbage we're being spoon-fed. When I was a child, for those of you that are younger and don't remember, we had this thing that we were being told, we are going to be eliminated. It's going to be an ice age. It's coming. There's going to be a freeze-over, and we have to do something. It's called the global cooling. The government's got to do something, which basically meant take more of our rights and freedoms away 
and more money and implement things to stop this from happening. Then time went on, and it was very hard to sell that message because we would have heat waves. So then they switched to global warming, global warming. The ice age is melting, and we're all going to be dead in 10 or 15 years, more than 30 years now that we were supposed to be dead in 10 years, that we would be gone in 10 years unless all these major things have been done were going to happen. And we're hearing the same thing today. But they had to change their message to man-made global warming. So we had Al Gore and different ones out there doing these things and having to actually cancel their global warming seminars because of it would have massive snowstorms and blizzards and it was freezing and it made it difficult to do that. So then they changed their mantra to climate change, climate change. And it's all because of man. It's all because of man. Now, if you look at the data, you actually look at the actual science. It's not true. Weather is constantly changing. The CO2 level that they keep talking about and all these different weird things hasn't changed that much. In fact, and they want to eliminate all CO2. We need CO2 for plant life. But it's all about getting more control, implementing certain policies, which take away freedoms, stifle uh, progress and make things more expensive and in fact actually hurts third world countries by the things that are being implemented that's a whole other thing we can get into i'm not going to but that's just one area of the so-called science and it's not science it is a consensus that's not science science is not consensus where you get a group of people to agree up on something even though there's no scientific evidence the data doesn't support what I'm trying to say is that data doesn't support the things they're telling us. In fact, what they've had to do was create to so-called predict these things that are supposed to happen. They created the computer model. They designed it. Then they implemented the information they wanted to. And then lo and behold, this is supposedly the information that it tells them that's going to happen based on a program they designed, created, and based on the information they put in there, supposedly here's the, the results of it. These are the same people that can't tell us exactly what the weather is next Wednesday. And we're supposed to believe these people that we got to have all these governmental changes because of what's supposed to happen in 10 or 30, 15 years. I'm sorry, that's not real science. And so it's cases like that that I go, no, I'm not, I'm not falling in line. I'm not going with that. Same thing with this pandemic that we just have been going through recently in the past couple of years. And I'm not going to get all deep into all those kind of things other than to say, that the whole mask crazy hysteria. Science was already proven prior to COVID that this type of thing that gets transmitted that way, masks do not prevent anyone from catching or spreading the virus. Now, that's why early on they were saying, no, don't wear a mask, it doesn't do any good. But then when the politics changed and this and that, all this kind of stuff, they decided, oh, we're going to start making people wear masks. Even during the time of COVID, the studies that were done during the time on these viruses, the studies came back with the same thing that it came back before. Masks do not have an impact on stopping the spread or catching of the COVID. In fact, the studies came back and showed it actually is reversed. It has an, an adverse effect on people, especially children and people that already have a respiratory problem. You're, you are restricting airflow and oxygen to the brain. It's not healthy. It's actually started causing other medical problems with people that were constantly wearing masks. So that's what the data in science actually said. Even the one that the CDC paid, which nobody wants to talk about. The CDC isn't out there pushing their own 
thing they paid for. Their their own scientific study that came back and said the same exact thing as all the fifteen others that were done. They're not they're not trumpeting that. They're not putting that out there as hey, you know, this is what we have found out. No, because it goes against what they've been wanting to tell us and do. And so those are just two cases of science and there are others and they've tried to upend the science and, and say that you can't question things when science in and of itself is something you're constantly evaluating, constantly questioning. So there's an area, again, that I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to fall in line just because the people in charge said something. It's not true. I'm not going to believe it. I did my own homework. Then there are the issues of the wrong thinking about God. There are a lot of people that have certain views about God and, and his belief and thinking on certain aspects of life. They're wrong. Because they don't have a biblical understanding. We're told now we're supposed to accept all kinds of different things that the Bible explicitly speaks to. Sadly, there are too many people that are going to churches and fellowships that no part of their biblical instruction is going through each chapter of the Bible, each line of the Bible, reading it and discussing it, educating the people within its context so that you understand what is that scripture really saying. We have a lot of what I call mini-sermons, where you've decided a concept, an idea that you came up with that you want to talk about. Then you go running around scripture and try to find something that seems like it supports your idea. And then you put some points together, you go do your introduction, you do the points, you do the body, you do the, the whole message, and then you do the application and the close. And it might seem great. It might seem wonderful. And if you're sitting there, you're getting, you're getting preached to a message that may or may not be a biblically sound message. Now, I love preaching. Preaching is a good thing. Evangelistic is a form of preaching. It's evangelistic message. So you're not going through an entire chapter or something. If you're going to be doing something and it's an evangelistic outreach, you do a evangelistic message, preaching. And you take the different passages in the Bible that speak to sin, redemption, salvation, and you preach the message of salvation. You put together a message like that and you preach it. Wonderful. But having preaching messages alone without also having line by line, precept upon precept, teaching of the entire word of God within its context so people have a full understanding of what God is saying, and you also understand the themes that run through Scripture, which help us in choices on how we live our life, because not everything is specifically mentioned. For instance, you go down a list of certain type of drugs, and you go, well, it doesn't say marijuana in the Bible. Well, it doesn't say this in the Bible. But you understand the themes in the Bible when it talks about the places where it's talking about pharmakia, talking about don't be drunk with wine. It isn't saying just wine. Oh, I can do everything else. I can get the whiskey and the vodka and the, and the dr other drugs. I just can't get drunk with wine. No, the concept there is, and the meaning is, if you read it and understand it, is don't allow your mind or anything else to be overtaken, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Don't be controlled by a foreign substance that alters your consciousness, that alters your ability to think clearly, because you're opening yourself up for Satan and dangerous things. That's the premise there. It isn't strictly about wine. So we take that along with other things and realize, okay, he's, he's telling us not to be overtaken by foreign substance. So that would include drug abuse and all these other things. So that, yes, we can say that's wrong. That's a sin. It's not, it's harmful to our body. 
And the Bible also talks about our body being a temple. Therefore, we shouldn't be deliberately trying to do things that harm the temple that God has given us. So that's just an, an example of where you get, when you study the Word of God, line by line, chapter by chapter, you get an understanding within the context of each chapter of what is actually being said. Then you don't have to worry about the cherry-picking of scriptures. I had a back-and-forth discussion with a, a person online the other day, and they had an idea. I mean, they sold out to because some places went with the culture and started allowing certain things in the church. And it's like, no, it's actually not a biblical principle. And so she would go, well, this over here, and well, this over here, and, and I think they can do this. And, the, and I'm like, okay, go to the actual place in the Bible that addresses the specific issue we're talking about. You're jumping around to all these things to try to support a concept you have or an idea or a desire you have, but you're ignoring the actual passage, chapter, that the Bible addresses that specific subject. Why? Because people have desired to have their own idea, their own thinking about what God says about stuff. And sometimes their own training is that. They, they will go to certain schools that will teach a doctrinal belief system based on some guy who has decided for that denomination how they're going to view certain scriptures and their stances on certain subjects within the Word of God. And so when you go to the school, that's how you're taught to view these subjects and how you're to analyze these particular scriptures or how you're supposed to support this idea by pulling these different scriptures from different places, not in their context. I am aware of this because I went to a school like that. Now, the problem is, that's not the way to actually be educated in God's Word. Education in God's Word is, what does God's Word say? Not, let's start with a preconceived idea, and then let's try to support it with bouncing around the Bible. Read the Bible in its context. What does it say? Dig deep. Go through all the different things. What is it actually saying? Therefore, that will inform my view on, on the various subjects in the Word of God. And I'm not going to go all into those, what they are, but I'm just saying across the board, there are a lot of denominations that have certain stances on things that it's really not supported by based on how they're doing it. If you go into context and go to the scriptures where it's actually talking about the subject they're, they're, they have a stance on, it actually is different from the stance they have. Be that as it may, that is what's happening out there. So there are a lot of people that have wrong thinking about God because of not studying the Bible in the way it should be studied to understand, well, what does God really think about this? And so we have a lot of sinful things happening within the church today because people have decided to twist and convince people, no, that's not what it really means. It really means this, and this is why. And they twist themselves in these pretzels on trying to explain away what the Bible specifically says about sin in some areas. So it's a concern to me. So Again, I, if I'm sitting there and I'm hearing some preacher spew some stuff off, I'm not like, oh, okay, well, he's the preacher. Um, I'm just going to accept that. No, 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 I don't. I don't just fall in line anymore. Because when the Bible contradicts what that person's saying or that person's contradicting what the Word of God says, I don't go with what that person says just because they have the position of pastor or some leader, government official or spiritual authority and leader. No, if the Bible is saying one thing and they're saying something else, I'm not falling in line. I'm not going to be that little doggy. Just go, okay, okay, here I am, here I am. I'm in for it. Sorry, that's not me. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, 
so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. Proverbs 18.15 The mind of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Proverbs 19.2 and 3 It is not good for a person to be without knowledge, and he who hurls his footsteps errs. The foolishness of man ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. Proverbs 21.2 Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Bible is clear that if you want truth and understanding, that the Bible can give that. And in the areas where we are wrong, the Bible can fix the way we're thinking. The Bible also says in Romans 12, 2, the word will renew our mind through the word of God. The Bible speaks here, these passages, about the need for wisdom, for knowledge, to be smart. And it warns against, oh, just doing things that you think is right in your own mind. Well, I think this, I think that. Well, what if you're wrong? If you're going to do things because you think it, or someone told you that, but it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's not truth, then you need to reevaluate your thinking. Ephesians 4.22-24. And I want to read this in various translations, because I think it's helpful. It's an important passage. New American Standard Bible. In reference to your former life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in the righteousness and holiness of the truth. The King James Version, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The NIV version, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And here's an oldie from way back, Good News Translation. So get rid of your old self, which made you live as you used to. The old self that was being destroyed by its deceitful desire. Your hearts and your minds must be made completely new. And you must put on the new self, which is created in God's likeness and reveals itself in the true life that is upright and holy. Now this verse complements the verse, says, Old things have passed away, behold, all things become new referring to you're no longer that old person. Now this is saying, look, put on the new man. Don't live the way you used to live, the way you used to think. And the interesting, every one of these translations, regardless of the words they use, dealt with the deceitful desires. Your mind is deceitful. If you do not have truth, a true truth, not like what the world calls, oh, my truth, your truth. Everyone gets to have their own truth. No, no, no. There is what is called truth. And the word of God is that truth. And so in regards to how you're to live your life as a Christian and how you're to operate and believe your belief system, the things that you take in and accept and believe, how you're to view those things, how you're to view God and what he says, you need to set aside your own desires, your own deceitful desires. You're, well, I think I want this and I want to believe this and I think that, uh uh-uh, that's not how it goes. You don't get to create your own form of Christianity and own belief system apart from and different from God's word. And unfortunately, too many people do that. The Bible warns, as I said, about a lack of knowledge. 
So in all aspects of life, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and being filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to discern something that doesn't seem right. And so are you going to sit there and listen to the media and all these things and just take it all in? Oh, that's what they said. That's what they said. Or are you going to have discernment? You're going to have real knowledge and understanding and go, I'm being lied to. I'm not going to just fall in line with that. I'm not going to be okay with that. I'm not okay with them trying to convince me that it's just a blob in there. When actual science has already stated that life starts at conception, therefore, if you take that life, it's wrong through the act of abortion. People still want to try to convince people, well, that's just a bunch of tissue. It's not. And so just because they want to tell you that, that's not true science. It's not true in any aspect because the Bible even addresses that he forms you in your mother's womb. Science, real science, has already come out and said that life starts at conception. Yet our politicians and our leaders and all these people that want to push an agenda will speak of fake science and want to try to say, oh, it's just this, it's just that. But that's not true. They don't want to deal with and address the fact that science has already spoken and life starts at conception. Oh, but I want to believe this, I want to believe that for whatever reason. Well, then that's not good. So in regards to looking at our life and contrasting, as I did today, two people, one never changing about anything, the other changing on some things, because some things don't change. Truth doesn't change. Therefore, when things fly in the face of that truth, then you need to change your life. You need to change things. So change is good and needed when we're wrong. It's unwise not to. But change, just because the culture, leaders, whether they're political or even within the church, that are not following true biblical principle, is wrong. We must always stand for what is biblically true and live that out in our own life. Well, we'll have to leave it right there. We will wrap it up next week with part two. Well, that's going to do it for today. I want to thank you for your continued support when you listen to these podcasts. I know a lot of us live busy lives, and the fact that you spend some of it with me, I am truly grateful, and I appreciate it. So thank you for spending some time with me. Until next time, God bless you. 